everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. And joining us today, we have a very special guest. He's picked up the pieces nicely on the Jets beat at the Daily News. He was a runner in college. He shares alumni status with Lamar Jackson and Makai Becton. He's a self-proclaimed very good Madden player. It's DJ Bienemy. How y'all doing today? How y'all doing today? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty good Madden player. Uh, I won't, you know, I won't uh, boast myself up too much, but I'm pretty good Madden player. You know, I did happen to go to school with those two guys at one point. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. They're stars, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a beat writer. <laughs> The DJ, we actually have a, a Madden league with like 10 of our friends. And we do, we play, I think we're on year like 2028 20, in our one franchise. So it's ridiculous how much Madden we play. Mike is much better than me. So if you ever want to play Mike and Madden, I'm sure it'll be a good matchup there. If you have an Xbox, oh. I would stream that 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got Xbox. Yeah. Don't tell me you got PS. I, I got PS. Yeah. yeah. I got PlayStation, brother. I got PlayStation, brother. DJ, we have. <sighs> We appreciate you coming on, man. I think it's very interesting, too, um, your style on the beat because you just feel like a fan who's talking football and and calls it how you see it. You don't find any clickbait articles. You don't find any reaching to get attention. And I think that's been very refreshing for Jets Twitter. And it seemed early on a lot of Jets Twitter connected with the work that you were doing, felt very genuine. So take us through the first, you know, 100 days being on the Jets beat and connecting with the fans. Um, Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, You know, I don't – the clickbait stuff, I mean, I don't really care to do all that. That's just me, you know what I'm saying? I just prefer to – I feel that with certain stories, like, it will – that the clicks that you're trying to get will come, like, let's say hypothetically, like, Zach Wilson got traded. Like, I don't have to give a take or nothing like that. I'm going to write about that. Right. Because we're going to read about it. So, like, you you know, um, I just – I love football, and I like writing about football, you know, things that go into – creating football teams and doing mm-hmm. it that way. Um, some stories, like, you know, the player wants to, you know, get traded or whatnot, like, I'll write about that too. But, um, you know, that that's that. But I really enjoy just uh, team building. I enjoy, right, you know, watching film. Like, yesterday I was watching a whole bunch of film, like just bored, watching NBA basketball, watching film. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, like, that. that's just me. Like, I'm, I'm a simplistic guy, you know what I'm saying? So, those are the things that I, you know, I like to do, and I know that fans appreciate that also. You know, not not everything has to be negative. Like I feel like there's room for both. You know, like you can if you go out to wait for a negative spin, you can go out to wait for a positive spin too. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like that. You, 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 you wouldn't think that if you just looked at the the regular <laughs> Jets <laughs> timeline scrolling down. Right, right, right. But you know, like you know, uh, I've again, I've I've enjoyed everything so far, especially interacting on Twitter. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's going to be some uh, criticism here and there, but I mean, I don't really care about all that. Um, I just locked my phone all about my day. But um, it's been a lot of fun, though, man, just throwing out a question and then, you know, 40, 50 Jet fans replying to the question that I have. Because that's helping me learn more about, like, the Jets fan base overall mm-hmm. and being able just to learn, like, what they care about, what they don't care about. Because I'm still new at the end of the day. Y'all been Jet fans your whole life. I've been a Jet B reporter for – approximately like 63 days mm. so yeah <laughs> so yeah like it's uh it's, it's been but it's been a, a bunch of fun though i'm not gonna lie it's been, it's yeah. been a lot of fun 
I love that. Yeah, yeah, Matt, and- Matt and I are new to Jets Twitter also, and that's kind of one of the reasons we made our accounts about a year and two months ago was we saw a lot of negativity on the Jets beat, not even, you know, from the specific beat writers, just in general on our timelines on Twitter. And we had regular Twitter accounts and we would kind of interact via that, but we made some accounts that were specifically based on the Jets to bring some knowledge, some fun, and some positivity because, you know, some examples we, we look at like a national media bias towards the jets i don't know if you are familiar with this or if you would believe this you know being from miami but it seems to us like there's some there's a little bit a little bit of a skew towards the jets where for example you know when tom brady won the super bowl matt what's the stat that you like to, to pull out yeah they put a stat out there that going into the year tom brady has a better chance of going to the super bowl than the jets winning an ordinary game and the thing is, Tom Brady goes to 50% of the Super Bowls. That stat applies to half of the NFL. And it's right. funny that the Jets are on that graphic. But yeah, like Mike said, sometimes we look at it from a media bias. And maybe we're just maniac fans who love the team and any negative thing, we jump on it. Or maybe there is a little bit of bias going through the media. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. So I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, right? So I think it's also Jet fans, you know, they, they love their team and, you know, they don't want to see like negativity around it. Um, and I think from a media perspective, um, I think it's a combination of the Jets have given us, you know, what they've given us. I think, what, one win a season in the past 10 years? Mm-hmm. Um, since, like, what, 2010 or something like that? Yep. Um, so, it, you know, people can kind of pile on that. And on top of it, they happen to be in New York. The Jets were in, let's say, Jacksonville. Nobody would care. Like, all right. Like, how often do people talk about Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, this is the most that we've talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars since – I guess when they, when, when they almost went to yeah, yeah when they almost went to the AFC championship and before that the most we talked about them then was in 07 when they went to the playoffs but I think right, stairs, right. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it I think along with you know just some of the you know just how the Jets have struggled over the past decade along with them being in the number one media market so and I mean they have a pretty big fan base also so I think there's just a lot that goes into that uh, overall, uh, you know, just some of the, the skewed perception. I mean, I, you know, so, so I, I do get where y'all coming from, though. Um, I get, but the only way to cure it is just win. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Oh, man, like, you know, yeah. everything changes. You'll see, you, can win, you can win for a while and then you start losing and people get pissed. You'll see the Giants fans now are all pissed, even though <laughs> they have two Super Bowls in the last 15 right. years. But I think you asked the question on Twitter. <laughs> DJ, where you said it, are the is it more are there more Jets fans or Giants fans? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. more Giants fans is a fact. But okay, we like to think there's a lot of you know fair weather Giants. I will tell you this: fans. when when we were in middle school and high school, which is a decade and a half ago, we would go and every Giant fan would have their Eli Manning blue jersey week one. Everyone saw right. it. You will not see another jersey until it's like the week 16, 17 game where they're playing an NFC East team. They're eight and seven. Everyone then wears it. So a lot of fans, I think Giant fans are more of they're really into it in the beginning and they're into it at the end. And in the middle, they'll be doing whatever. But I like how you brought up earlier too the Jets Twitter engagement because like Mike said, we're a year into Jets Twitter. We're lucky enough to have ridiculous tweets and get a really good following within a year. But there's some really funny fans out there that I'm sure you probably engage with daily. Anyone come to mind that you think of when you think of just Twitter? It's like, ah, you know, these few accounts are, are usually tweeting some funny shit or just, you know, commenting a lot. 
Yari, I mean, if you're on Jets <laughs> Twitter, you know who the, you know who the guy is. It's Jason uh, Gray or something like that. Oh, Justin he, Gray? He, oh, I love him. I'm not gonna lie, because like Justin's he is dude. so invested in the Jets. Oh like, yeah. Like he. I don't think he. There, it's probably only thing he probably loves more. Maybe is like his wife. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Probably only thing he loves <laughs> more. Justin married? But like, yeah. I I appreciate people that care. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I appreciate that. Because again, like I was covering high school before I came up to cover the Jets, and I know what it's like when you know you put about five hours into a piece, and you probably get like three re- three retweets, four likes. That's why we stopped doing our blog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, it's like, you know, like, you know, and barely, like, there's times I put out something and like less than 100 people would read it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I I appreciate people that care a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then they, that's what makes it fun. That's what fuels everything is people really caring about their jets, um, you know. Because, again, I've been in a situation where people don't care about what's going on at all. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's fun, you know, being able to poke fun back and forth, the engagement. Uh, I, when people get sensitive, too, I don't care that much. It's like, all right, well, you know. maybe The way I look at it, if somebody's coming at me and they're being sensitive on Twitter, I think they're just having a bad day. And, like, that, whatever tweet it is, that set them off. And, like, they're just – it's just a combination. Like, if you're having a good day – and just like when I was talking about the Jets not having the deepest receiving core in the NFL, like, that's not a hot take. That's pretty mm-hmm. – that's, 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 like, like, that's as cold as it gets. Like, like, yeah, they don't have the deepest core in the NFL. But they have a really good core. People will be getting upset about that. It's like, yo, like I'm still saying, y'all, y'all receiving core is pretty good. Like I'm still saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's trash. I'm just saying not the deepest in the NFL. I mean, you know the Bucks still exist. Like <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, you're wrong. No, I'm not. I mean, if you think I'm wrong, then you think I'm wrong. But I think I'm right, and I, I might be right. <laughs> That's the right mindset to have, though, because you'll get people clap back. And me and Mike like to have fun with it. And, like, if you troll, for example, if you're like, Tuba could throw the ball 80 yards farther than Zach Wilson. Like, that's an obvious joke. Everyone calm down. Yeah. But you're right. I like the mindset of maybe someone's having a bad day. You don't have to engage yeah. and everyone going crazy. And then it's a healthy debate, for your point. If you said the Jets have – no good young receivers, then that's a take that people get upset about. Saying they don't have the deepest core in the NFL is a fair take, and people can argue back and forth. So I appreciate you being level-headed when sometimes these arguments come up because not everyone can have that same you know, thought process. Yeah, I just, you know, I, so I kind of, I've always envisioned myself being in this spot, back going back in college where, you know, I'd be in this position like covering an NFL team or things like that. Mm-hmm. So I always watched – like various beat reporters, how they how they handle you know Twitter interactions, and I've seen some people like lose their mind where they're like they're going back and forth with everybody, and everything is take, everything's personal, and they're like getting in their feelings sometimes. Some guys that just don't engage at all. So I always wanted to find like that healthy medium um, where I where I engage, but I don't like get in my feelings. Like things does things don't bother me. But like, there's times where like I'll make a mistake on a, like an article, like. I think with the uh, Michael Carter piece, my, my editor forgot to remove – I put Tevin Coleman's name twice, and he mm-hmm. forgot to remove Tevin Coleman's name the second time. Um, and I put I put somebody else's name to end up getting cut. Someone DM me, like, yo, hey, like, I love the article. 
your editor must have missed this part. I'm like, all right, hey man, I appreciate that. Cool. Go edit it and go on by my day. And that's that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I appreciate when people like, you know, just looking out, you know what I'm saying? Even if someone would like try to put me on blast, I'll just fix it and then that'll be that. And that, 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 that. Like I always knew like this is not a field where you can be sensitive. You just gotta roll with the punches, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just sports is supposed to be fun. And like at the end of the day, none of this is like that serious. At the end of the day, this is all entertainment. It was all supposed to be fun. So that's my mindset for the most part, you know. So I look at Twitter as just me just trying to engage and have fun here and there, you know. That fits in nicely with the current scope of the Jets B writers. Like you have Samini on one side who's very level, you know, like not really going to interact with anybody. Every once in a while he'll tweet at someone like something ridiculous. Right. And, and right, he'll just right. argue with every person in the press conferences, which is awesome. I think some other guys like Connor Hughes. We're, we're pretty good friends with Connor, but <clears throat> I would put him in the other category. He's like super engaged, but a little bit more opinionated. And it's right, good to have right, another right. guy in the middle that will bounce it out. I mean, that's the like a healthy beat has all right. those components, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think um, another thing is like I'm the youngest guy on the beat, like by like a couple of like some guys, they might have like, like decades. Like I'm like 26. A lot of those guys are like in their forties, some in their fifties. Yeah. Some got wife and kids, all that. Like I'm, you know, I'm young, single. Like I'm just, you know, I be chilling. So let's go out. Let's get it. We, I'm not gonna <laughs> say where, but we figured out we live close to each other. We're going. Right. We're going hard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nah. But, Make some you know. shots in the parking lot before the game. <laughs> Can you? Yeah, what do you? Where do you have to be on the sideline during the game? Press box. Uh, that's a good question. Press I, need, I think it's press box, but yeah. I wanna. I wonder if we have the option. So I will see. Yeah, like you need to. I, I, I think I think I think for sure we have the option. I think for, for sure we have the option. So that'd be cool. We'll see though. I might I might go down on the field for like the first half, then the second half I gotta start getting ready to write. So yeah. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying. Like the Jets can have some blowouts to where like you know I don't have to like I I can already kind of pre write what I'm gonna write. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like close games gonna kind of drive me a little crazy because like it's gotta be I the gotta... worst. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm not looking old. forward to that. Jets are down 14. You write a whole piece like Jets suck. Then they score 17 unanswered. You're like fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying. So we'll see though. But you know, all fun though. Yeah. No. If you ever want to come to Section 309, me and Mike have season tickets. So if you want to go in between press box and the field, you know, you can find us in our nosebleed seats. You're always welcome to come sit with yeah, us. Matt keeps he keeps offering my tickets away. He tried to give our Bills tickets to OJ Simpson. And then he tried to, <laughs> he tried to give our Broncos tickets to Mark Slareth. That is pretty funny. DJ, I got a question funny. for you, though. Um, so you talked about team building is a really cool aspect of looking at an NFL team and covering them. I feel like there can't be a better GM to cover than Joe Douglas when it comes to team building. Trading for new picks, signing you know fringe-level guys, not get going that crazy splash free agent. So Joe Douglas mm-hmm. builds a team in a very unique and cool way. And then you have Robert Salah, who is a – football guy to its core a real leader so covering them through your first 70 days must be pretty cool i want to hear if you think the joe douglas Salah tandem is really good for the team moving forward so yeah right now i think they've done a really good job um they they're moving in the right direction we'll see if the picks and the signings pan out that is a wait and see thing i'm big on waiting and see so um like i don't i don't really believe in like crowning people too early so that, see, so y'all gonna appreciate that. Cause let's say hypothetically, like Zach Wilson plays like 
doesn't play great this year. Doesn't play good. Like mm-hmm. plays like up and down. Right. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be. Oh, should the Jets look to replace him? Like, All right, give it some time. Let the cookie bake. Uh, I'm I'm big on that because that's part of as you lose to team building. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, just seeing some of the moves that uh, Joe Douglas has made, whether it's bringing in Carl Lawson or Corey Davis um, or Jared uh, Davis uh, or you know bringing in. LaMarcus Joyner or, you know, trading up for Elijah Barry Tucker, again, Elijah Moore, Mark Carter. I, one thing I'm always big on, what's the plan? And how do you go about executing it? If the plan doesn't work out, then the plan just doesn't work out. Um, but if you have a plan, you try to execute it, everybody's on one accord, moving towards that goal. I respect that. Yeah. It feels good to have that in our organization where we've had some weird power structures over the years where guys would report to other guys. And our owners were in different countries and <laughs> picking weird committees with Charlie Casserly and Ron Wolf to pick our coach. It was right. bizarre. So we've gone through some weird stuff. It seems like we have the right pieces in place, like you just kind of touched on. And, uh, you know, Matt and I have, have been actually, and we consider ourselves very optimistic fans, kind of our spiel before, but we've been a little hard on Joe Douglas because at the end of the day, the Jets were 2-14 and 14 last year. That's partially the team that he built. And I personally, Matt agrees with me to a point, but I disagreed with the move to trade Sam Darnold. I wanted to trade the second pick for three firsts. I think that if Sam and Zach Wilson end up, you know, even as similar players and the Jets took four first round picks and lit them on fire is where I'm disappointed with, but I have enough faith in Joe Douglas and it's four first round picks because you would have gotten three picks Plus, he would have used the second pick to take a player instead of the quarterback. But, uh, you know, we're I'm happy that Joe Douglas is executing the plan, and I like the moves that he made, especially in this draft with, with AVT. So, you know, I, I would tend to agree with you where a little bit of a wait and see, but as long as Douglas executes his plan and it works, I have enough faith in him and Salah to get that done. So let me ask you this. Why do you feel that they should have kept Sam Darnold? My reasoning is that I think that Sam Darnold can become a top 10 quarterback in football. A if you don't, 10? if you, I think he has the ability to do that. And the reason why at the end of 2019, Sam Darnold was an ascending player. He finished the year six and two, 13 touchdowns, four picks. He threw for 245 yards a game over 63% completion percentage and was viewed by the fan base. And it seemed like the coaching staff as the guy you know, and then we watched him with Adam Gase in 2020 <clears throat> with a bum shoulder, the worst team of all time around him, uh, and it just didn't work out. And it, that wasn't enough for me to move off thinking that Sam was that top 10 potential quarterback. Right. If you don't think that Sam Darnold was going <clears> to <throat> ascend into a top 10, 15 level quarterback, then I do agree with moving on. But that's where that's the disconnect. I think I know what DJ is doing right now. I think DJ is tweeting out, do you think Sam Darnold? No, been- no, 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 no. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. Yeah, I've had this what argument I, so many times on Twitter. But what I will push back on is Please. you brought up you brought up those last nine games. They played the Giants, Washington, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers with Duck Hodge, and Josh Allen with the Bills who did not play. So you're saying like he did – like he, he went seven and two in those games – but who did he play that was worth anything? I'd argue he played well against the Ravens, who had a terrific defense. He played well. He beat the Steelers and knocked him out of the playoffs. Even with Duck Hodges, he's not playing against Duck Hodges. He's playing against the Steelers' defense, and the Jets didn't put up right. 30 points you know, in that game, but <clears throat> they put up 16. And I'm and saying, if, what, yeah. 
a point two to and to to you know tie it all together. If you are a top ten quarterback, you need to be the shit out of bad teams. Which okay, he did that. The problem is in 2020, Sam underperformed in every area that he controlled. The team was not good. The coaching was not good. But Sam underperformed. And a point, and the reason why Wilson, if Joe Douglas believes can be a top ten quarterback, you have to move off Darnold. Is the AFC right now has Josh Allen, Tua, who people aren't high on, but all right, young quarterback, Mac Jones, young quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. So you look at these guys, and you're like, oh, my God, this is just in the AFC alone. Where right. are you going to get your Justin Ber- Herbert, and where are you going to get your Patrick Mahomes? Where are you going to get your Josh Allen? If, if Joe Douglas, who was in the building every day, didn't think Sam was the guy, you got to move off him. I think to Mike's point, though, yeah. because after 2019, the fan base was all in on Darnold, 2020 starts, weird pandemic year. Your head coach is terrible. You're 2-14. and 14, Everything goes wrong. Everyone gets hurt you're in a weird position and I think Sam didn't play himself into competing for the role in 2021 and and that falls on Sam. You could be literal and say Sam had nine touchdowns, 11 picks. You got to move off of him. And I get it. But for the reasons, some of the reasons why, you know, you look at negatives of Sam going six and two, he's played bad teams and, you know, on and on and on. I would use some of those reasons to defend him in 2020, but I, I understand. I, I always said it the whole time. I said, I understand if you want Zach Wilson. I just don't like the revisionist history where some Jets fans will go back and say, Sam Darnold sucks. He was worse than Geno Smith. Stuff like that, I, I can't handle. And then I, that will trigger me on Twitter. <laughs> well, so, so if we say Sam Darnold wasn't better than Geno Smith, that, 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 that'll get me going. going. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I, will, I, will, I will broach that. Who was better? You know, let me tweet that out right now. But I will, I will, I will broach that uh, later on. But that's fair though. That's fair though. As you said, like it's about beating the teams that, that are in front of you. And again, at the end, you're playing those bad teams. But it's not like he was lighting up those teams for the most part. Like they were, but they had, also- they had, they had, they had like the second worst scoring offense in the entire NFL. Wow, Sam Darnold. He's playing with Adam Gase, who's trying to win the game twenty to seventeen. And run the ball up the middle on second and ten a thousand times. You saw him in Miami too. It's not an offense that, and people bring up the Tannehill thing, and it's like, so it's not the best example because Tannehill threw for four thousand yards before he went to Tennessee. But I mean, man, like the way the Jets ran their offense, it was trying to grind it out and score seventeen points and and you know win a game with eleven punts in it. Uh, So, but look, we'll see what happens. I'm saying I think Sam was the, the third pick. In, up until the end of 2019, it was like, this guy is the guy. After 2020, it's like, this guy's a piece of shit. Like, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just not what I – I just disagree with that take. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's funny. <laughs> I hear it, bro. <laughs> I love it, DJ. See, DJ, this, oh, <laughs> this is how we roll, though. This is the no-nonsense. We just say what's on our mind, have a good time with it. And then do creative shit. So I, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk with us. Mike, any, we had some, we had a few rapid fire questions we can ask you. We don't want to hold you too long. We know it's been about a half hour. Oh, I've got one. Mike has one. All right. So DJ, you ran the hundred meter dash in 10.46 seconds, the 200 yard dash in 21.42 seconds in college. Very impressive. Some might say you have a similar skill set to Ty Johnson. If you were the running back on the jets this year in the Shanahan LaFleur scheme, you have about 300 carries. How many yards are you racking up? I get 300 carries? 300 carries. Up? No injuries. Um, no, in, uh, no injuries? No injuries. You get smashed. Get, it doesn't matter. 
I get 300 carries, no injuries in the Jets offense, probably 250 yards. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way, dude. You're, averaging You're getting more. I'm like, hey, listen, man. That, hey, man. That, that's the A, hey, man. I might die out there, brother. <laughs> just run behind Becton. You're good. You'll get a yard and a half every carry no matter what if you run behind Becton and AVT. I think you can get yeah. over 600 yards. I'm going two yards yeah. per carry. Y'all a lot higher than I am. Man. I, I, might, <laughs> I might die out there. But, like, my, my soul, my dead body will keep going since I don't get no injuries. So, I give mm-hmm. myself about 200. You know what? I give myself about 275 yards instead of. We watched Le'Veon Bell have, like, the worst year ever. And he has, what, 245 <laughs> yards, like, 760 yards. I think you could beat that. Dude, Le'Veon was running, like, in place. He was so slow. That was that. That, that, was, rough year. that was a rough year for him. Me man. and Mike Ugh. are still so high on Le'Veon Bell because I, <laughs> when he was a free agent, we wanted him very badly. And yeah. I told Mike, I was like, I'm going to call you at any time. My houseman said, wake me up at any time in the morning when Le'Veon Bell signs. I think, like, 1 a.m., he re- released an album and said he was coming to the Jets. My friend woke me up at 1 a.m., I immediately FaceTimed Mike. We partied. We were going crazy. <laughs> even though even though he underperformed, I still love Le'Veon Bell because he came in and a lot of people questioned his leadership. Le'Veon Bell was an amazing Jet from the moment he walked in to the moment he left. There was one time I think he didn't answer questions in a postgame. And, and then he went bowling. And he everyone like the on the beat freaked out. <laughs> I, I cannot have a bad thing to say about Le'Veon Bell with his time with the Jets, other than he underperformed what he could control. But, again, he had uh, Adam Gase as the head coach. But Off the field, Le'Veon Bell was incredible. It was the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. We thought he was going to be insane and maybe cause a couple problems, but complete opposite. Couldn't have been a better dude. Yeah, that's fair. Matt, you have any <laughs> ridiculous questions? I, I thought of one question. I don't know how I can phrase this without – I don't want to get DJ in trouble. I, I guess – Okay, that's good. <laughs> if you ran a 40-yard dash against Rich Samini, do you think you could run there and back by the time he finishes once? And I can cut this out if you don't want this in here. But I... <laughs> uh, up and back. Okay, so 40-yard dash. Um, I could probably, like, I could probably get to the 40-yard dash in, like, an extra 10. No, nah, probably, like, probably, I can get, probably get, like, 60 yards in before you get to the 40. That's fair. I, it's tough to beat him twice because that yeah, is. Yeah, 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 you you yeah. see guys run out. I think if I ran a forty, I can. I don't think I could touch sub five right now. But all right, that's that's a, that's a very humble answer, and you had a humble yeah. answer. No, but I'm I'm, I'm for sure beating everybody on the Jets beat though. Okay, okay. Well, like without that. without question, that's like without even like you're only top, without top even stretching. Connor Hughes, I think, is the only one who he he'll still lose by a full second. But yeah, I he's think young. He's like twenty. Young and fast. I guess he's probably like 27, 28. He's married, uh, too. Connor, yeah. Connor, Connor a little bit older. Connor a little bit I think, older. I think he's like – I think he was a senior – because he went to Monmouth. I went to Monmouth University. I think he was a senior when I was a freshman. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm 24. I think, I think he's 20. Maybe he's 30. 30. I'm, like, young for the grade, too. But I have one more. I found this I found this hypothetical online. My uh-huh. buddies were asking me. It was if, if you had the first overall pick and there was a kicker who would make a kick from anywhere on the field 100% of the time – would you take that kicker first overall? Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Do I have a quarterback, though? I don't know. Let's say you're the, the Jaguars before this year. You have Trevor Lawrence or this kicker. The guy makes 100% of the kicks from anywhere on the field. Hey, Gardner, <laughs> hey, Gardner met you, baby. Let's roll, man. <laughs> 
God will let you let it roll, baby. <laughs> I think it's the right. I think it's the right answer because you would just if you have ten possessions, you just have thirty points. Like you just make a kick. Yeah, yeah. I saw a video. Someone broke it down by points per possession. How many? And they did a full mathematic equation. And it was like you have to take him there at number one overall. Yeah. Like, well, the, the Jets had it. like six. It's bullshit because the Jets, I think, averaged like six possessions a game last year. We would get the ball, go three and out. The other team would have the ball for like fifteen minutes, and then we get the ball game and go three and out. Oh. Yeah, you're probably right. You can't, you can't pass on that. That's a generational talent. Generational yeah. talent. Well, Fuck Trevor Lawrence. GJ, we have. We appreciate you coming on, man. We can hang around and chat for a minute after. But, again, very refreshing what you're doing on the Jets beat. Very fun on Twitter. Uh, I think you're probably one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved, Jets beat writer currently, and you've only been doing it for two and a half months. So you're doing something right. Keep it up, and I'm looking forward to seeing your work during the during the season. I appreciate y'all having me on. I appreciate the love. Um, just trying to make things fun, man. I'm about to tweet out that Geno Smith, Sam Darnold thing in like less than five. Tweet minutes. it out, bro. Let's go, let's go. Let's you know, go. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add y'all. You know what I'm saying? So you have a hundred percent, whatever my permission to add me, and we'll have a nice. <laughs> it'll be fun. <laughs>